When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are the University of Bedfordshire, where groundbreakers take risks, where future leaders make their mark, where high flyers soar. Get the support and opportunities to achieve more, become more, defy expectations. Find out how a degree at Bedfordshire can change your life. Book now for our open day on October 24th at beds.ac.uk slash defy. Hello and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane, back this week after a sojourn to Blackpool on his holidays. I don't know, Scott, if you're going to be open and admit you're one of the guys that um, caused this Nicola Sturgeon (laughs) or not, but perhaps we could leave that for another time. Um, We're going to look back today, obviously, over Rangers' victory over Celtic at Parkhead. Uh, In the, the ground of their bitter rivals, a very... Very, very good result indeed, Scott. And uh, we'll probably also touch on Standard Liege and the game on Thursday night. Let's begin then with the big one and how easy it was for Rangers, Scott, because that was the thing that struck me most. I wasn't altogether that impressed with Rangers team performance in comparison with how I know they can play. But even playing within themselves, they completely dominated, didn't they? Yeah, it, it was it was as comfortable an old firm away win as you're going to get, Johnny. Um, Rangers, right for the first whistle, I think, were in complete control uh, of the game. And I know that word's been used a lot uh, since Saturday to describe Rangers' performance. And I think it's, it's spot on. That, that was the, the biggest thing to come away from it. Just... Um, how much they dictated that game. They played it. No, they they, they ensured that, that that game would be played out exactly the way Rangers Rangers wanted it to. Um, I thought they could have maybe have scored more goals. I thought the only danger to Rangers. Um, I mean, at half time one 0 up. I think the only danger to Rangers was that it was actually becoming too easy, and if they got complacent and kept cruising at one nil. In keeping Celtic at bay, there was always a chance that, that Celtic would get a chance, uh, and they actually did get a chance late on through through Lee Griffiths. And if Rangers would have ended up leaving Parkhead with a one each, no, it would have been a real, real missed uh, missed opportunity. But getting that second goal fairly early in the second half completely killed the uh, killed the game. And I just think for Rangers fans who were obviously watching it in the the TV. No, rarely will they get as comfortable an afternoon watching a watching an old firm victory. Yeah, certainly I can't think of another Rangers Celtic game that was like that. That was so one sided towards Rangers. Obviously you look back at the Brendan Rogers area and there were certainly occasions where that happened uh, with the yeah. boot on the other foot. 
But I mean, Celtic didn't even have a shot on goal, Scott. I mean, I know Griffiths was put through at the end. Yeah. Hollander was peerless throughout the game. I thought he was absolutely excellent, but he, he sort of switched off a little bit there. He was confused because a jetty obviously dummies the ball and yeah. allows it to run through for Griffiths. But Griffiths doesn't even get the shot on target. He sort of cuts it back because he, he knocks it too far yeah. past Alan McGregor. So really, I mean, there was almost no goal threat for Celtic. Where I was slightly... I would slightly dampen the enthusiasm, Scott, and I, I, and this is going to be a, probably a, a, a theme for me. I think there's been a, a slight overreaction to Rangers' performance because the result was so good. But where I try and dampen the, the enthusiasm would be, and for me, it reminded me a little bit, to some extent, of the game that Celtic won 2-0 at Ibrox last season. Yep. And uh, Celtic had uh, slightly more of the ball, just as Rangers did at Ibrox. But it wasn't a game where there was lots of chances. It wasn't a game where one side pulverised the other one. Now, there was no doubt Rangers were the better side. There was no doubt Rangers had the better chances. But outside of the two goals, you've got that Ryan Kent volley after Borna Barisic does terrifically well down the left-hand side. And then you've got maybe the James Tavernier volley in the first half that was some excellent play uh, that led up to that. But outside of that, um, it wasn't like Rangers creating ch- chance after chance. Now, I know probably tactically there's a reason for that. Rangers, once they scored, were quite happy to continue the game as it had been played, which was with them in complete control of how everything was panning out. But at the same time, it just felt to me like a game where you know there, there wasn't actually tangibly that much in it. And no. then... Celtic have a lot of players to come back. So I'd, I'd be very, very wary of jumping on the back of this performance and saying, well, listen, Rangers are now favourites for this league. Rangers are now going to be able to run away with it. Now, that might well be the case, Scott, but I just think everyone needs to dampen down their expectations and be realistic no. because Celtic no. ultimately are going to be one point behind now. Yeah, That's it. But, but Johnny, but I think I, I, I agree with a lot of what you've said. I disagree slightly that tangibly there wasn't a lot and I actually thought there was a lot and I thought Rangers were by far the better team but I agree with you that that wasn't Rangers' best performance I don't think they they get anywhere near some of the levels that they've already hit this season but no, Scott, that... I'm going to dial back a little bit right <laughs> I'm already dialing back I don't mean that there wasn't a gap there. There was. Rangers were the better side. But I suppose what I'm saying is, I didn't feel like it was the equivalent of the Rogers side winning 5-0 at Parkhead no, in Morty's I, last game in charge. That's what I'm driving course, at. Yeah, of course. Of course it wasn't. No, and that's what I mean by, I don't think it was Rangers' best. But I, th- I think if Rangers had produced their very best performance on Saturday, you know, with Ryan Kent flying, Morelos on it, no, Brandon Barker, no, playing better than than what he did. No, the two the two fullbacks, no, the two fullbacks were excellent, but no, really going going at Celtic and throwing balls into the box. No, there is no Rangers. Maybe could have get three or four. It might have been a game like that, but I think that was never the plan. The the plan was to have a controlled, measured, disciplined performance where Rangers set the tempo played the game the way they wanted to play it, knowing that if they had complete control of the game without the emotion of the crowd, without Celtic's fans behind them, obviously Celtic missing a couple of, a couple of players, I just think it was such a professional performance. I think there was a big gap in terms of how both teams played. 
but even then, it still wasn't uh, it still wasn't Rangers' best. And I think that the key point in that is that from a Celtic point of view, and I know we're trying to look for the Rangers' point of view, but if you're, if you're a Celtic fan, then that would be the biggest worry for me was that there was a gap there. Rangers were by far the better team, and yet they weren't even at their best. That that would need to be a worry uh, for Celtic's point of view. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's no doubt, especially if you look at the front three, that Rangers can do better. Ryan Kent, for example, was good in the game. He was absolutely fine, a six or a seven out of ten performance. Yeah. But yeah. he wasn't the scintillating Ryan Kent that we know no. he can be, that he's already been at exactly. Celtic Park in the past. Alfredo Morelos is one to talk about, Scott, because I thought um, from a discipline point of view, from a tactical discipline point of view, he was tremendous. Uh, he was really, really well linked to both Barker and Kent, and he was shutting down Scott Brown throughout the game. But at the same time, I didn't think he offered that much going forward, and a few times the link-up play broke down going up to him. Is there a sense that lost the Maverick, to get the best out of him, you need to almost unshackle him from that? I, now, yeah, and listen, you before, before you answer, maybe this wasn't the game for that, but I'm talking more generally here. Well, that, that's the balance. If you unshackle him and you get the Maverick, no, is that then to the detriment of the kind of team ethic and the, kind of the, the system and the game plan that, that Gerard wanted them to carry out? I think there's definitely a bit in that. I, I agree with you on Morelos. I thought he did a good job for the team. Uh, he cut off you no know, passing lines for for Celtic's back three. You no, know, he worked his socks off. He, you no, know, he worked back the way as well. He closed people down. No complaints about that. But I, I agree with you again. Like Kent, I I don't think it was anywhere near Morelos' best performance. I've seen him playing better at Celtic Park um, on previous occasions. Um, and I've said it for a while about Morelos and people have maybe you know, Rangers fans have maybe tried to kind of dig me up on it I don't think Alfredo Morelos' game is about dropping deep and linking play and playing one twos in the edge of the box I don't think he's really got that in his locker team he has, he has power he has brute strength he's bullying defenders Um no, he kind of bludgeons people into, into submission at times, the way he plays. That, to me, is what, what he's good at and why he's been so you know, so good for Rangers the last couple of years. Um, so it's going to be interesting when Kamar Roof comes back, Johnny, because you know, he's been brought in as a big signing by Steven Gerrard, who obviously rates him. He's had to drop out with an injury, but when he comes back, I think there's definitely a question mark there as to whether... For that kind of game plan, for the way Gerard wants to play, no, might Roof give Rangers a, a better option uh, in that central striker role? Listen, it's a great problem for Gerard to have. No, everybody thought Morelos would have been gone by now. He's still there. No, that has to be a, a plus point for them. He's going to have options, obviously, with Roof, Morelos, Atten, Defoe. So, I mean, Gerard won't be complaining. But I, I just wonder for games like that, whether it's in Europe or against Celtic later on in the season, whether Roof might actually be a better option uh, if Rangers are going to play play that system. So it's going to be really interesting uh, to see how that pans out. Listen, Scott, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Kemar Roof is used in the games ahead. 
I think he, he'll probably be used on either side of the striker, and I think he could be used in certain games uh, replacing Morelos, but they're so different. Now, yeah. I know this is based on the, the small amount of games that we've actually seen of Roof, but he does look like that intelligent link player. Um, yeah, and that's much more of a fit for the way Rangers are now playing. But at the same time, you can't not play Alfred. And I suppose the concern will be for someone like Ross Wilson, who will be following this all very closely, is that they've turned down a £16.5 million bid. And truly, at the moment, Alfred Morelos doesn't look like a £16.5 million player. That, that's no. the worry. Um, well, so we, spoke, now, we spoke about it about before. I mean, the, the reason Morelos' price tag is so high is because of what he's done in the in the European stage in the Europa League last season, where it was sensational. Now we all know he hasn't hit no those heights yet this season, um, but he's got the chance. No, they're going out of the group stages. It still might happen for him. That that value could could go up again. Um, but I definitely think, as I've said, Roof coming back is going to give them uh, so many different options. I mean, Aribo's to come back as well, obviously come on at the weekend, but no, everybody's talked about how great the, the midfield three are playing uh, just now. Scott Arfield's come in and been a revelation uh, at the start of this season. I mean, where do you fit Aribo and no, Ryan Jack? I mean, there's so many options. You looked at Rangers bench from Saturday before the game and just felt this is as strong as Rangers bench has been getting into an old firm game, maybe getting into any game since uh, since Gerard took over. Um but I think you're right, the Morelos roof no issue um, it's not an issue. I mean it's like it's for Gerard it's a good problem to have. And uh, no, I would like to think as a manager you would weigh up different games, different opposition. No, as you touched on Morelos would maybe suit one no one style of opposition, uh, roof might suit another. Just having those options uh, and that level of quality will give Gerard real, uh, real encouragement as he looks ahead to the rest of the season. In the last podcast, Scott, I talked about how I felt that the the game might be decided on set plays, um, and I was actually <laughs> coming at that from a negative point of view for Rangers yeah. because you looked at the goals that Rangers have set uh, have let in so far this season. It's been four goals: one in the Europa League, three in the league. Um, and all four of them have been crosses, and two of them have been headers from crosses. So I felt like um, probably Shane Duffy was going to be a severe threat. Yeah. Um, but actually, Rangers turned that on its head, on, on its head and, and uh, I, I got it wrong. Ultimately, Rangers were the ones threatening Celtic at set plays, and yeah. it, it was, I would imagine, very encouraging for Steven Gerrard to see that element of the team starting to come together because yeah. you've kind of felt sometimes, maybe especially in the first season of Gerrard's management, that perhaps Rangers lacked a little bit of a threat, but now they've got not only players who can get on the end of a header, and you're seeing that in terms of the goals that are being scored, but um, they've got that deadly uh, plethora of, of players who can who can ping one in from 30-plus yards. Well, Barisic, Hadji, yeah. Tavernier... That, that's the key thing, Johnny. It's, it helps when you've got that level of delivery. No, and I don't think Celtic. I don't think Celtic at the moment quite have that. Uh, I mean, you're right. Duffy is a major threat in there. We've seen that. Uh, we've seen that in the past. And I thought going into the game as well that that would be a, an issue for Rangers that they were going to, going to have to deal with. I think Goldson and Hollander are growing with every game as a partnership. 
Yeah, you're right. Holland had one wee slip with the Griffiths chance, but I mean, apart from that, he was he was outstanding. As was Goldson, both his defending, and obviously uh, in the opposition box as well. But I think you're right. I mean, even you no, know, Rangers maybe don't have the aerial threat of a of a Duffy uh, in terms of Goldson and Holander, but. When you've got that level of delivery for Tavernier and Barisic and even guys like Stephen Davis, um, who's occasionally on corners and stuff, that that's a huge help. And that's why I think Rangers are a real threat from set pieces now. When you've got when you've got that level of service, can I? Yeah, absolutely. In, in terms of the first goal, Scott, um, obviously the delivery was absolutely terrific. Yeah. The keeper does not cover himself in glory, and I think Celtic fans will probably spend uh, the next few days and have spent the last few days lamenting the loss of Fraser Foster, who who was obviously a serious thorn in the side of of Rangers in his time at the club. But at the same time, I thought some of the criticism aimed towards Barkas has been a little over the top. I didn't think it was an absolute howler. It was a great ball in, and I thought he caught the ball nicely in a sense that it did change the direction of the ball, and it did change it quite suddenly. So the pace in the ball that came in for Tavernier, it meant that even a slight touch would give it that momentum. So, so I, I mean, I was a keeper myself. I thought it was a difficult one to deal with, the, 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 um, uh, the height the ball came at him. You've been too kind. You must be in the goalkeeper's union, Johnny. I didn't realise you were a goalkeeper. <laughs> um, no, nah, listen, I, I think it's a bad mistake from uh, Barkas. I mean, uh, listen, Celtic didn't they defend it well enough. No, we all know about Duffy uh, stepping in too early, playing goals and onside. That was a mistake. Celtic's line wasn't, wasn't good enough. But. If that's my keeper, uh, I'm expecting him to save it every day of the week. I think Fraser Foster and Craig Gordon, for that matter, both of them would have saved that. Um, and I think Barkas, well, without what he jump on him, I think Barkas will be a worry for the Celtic fans and for, for Neil Lennon. I don't think he started brilliantly. Hasn't done a lot wrong, but I don't think he's got... I don't see that presence, you know, that Foster or... Gordon had in the, the Celtic goal and when you've spent four or five million on a guy no, you need him to come in and, and make a make an impact right away I don't think Barkas has done has done that um, and I think it'll be I think it'll be a concern I think he's got to save that header I mean listen go, it's a great ball for Tavernier Goldson does well with the header gets it in target as you say changes direction but to get a full hand on it there's not that much power in it I think he's got to, he's got to keep it out Listen, Scott, I remember talking to you about this about two years ago, so I'm going to bring the, the topic up again. I, I remember, because um, it, it, it's been something I've, I've thought for a long time, when, when Brendan Rodgers uh, signed, this unbelievably the second time I've mentioned Brendan Rodgers in today's podcast, but <laughs> when, when he was there, it, it was clear to me that Celtic were probably as good a side as they were ever going to have. Yeah. Um, you look at someone like... Um, Kieran Tierney, and it was it was obvious to me that they were never going to replace like for like with Kieran Tierney. Uh, you look at Moussa Dembele, it's impossible to replace like yeah. for like with Moussa Dembele. Yeah. Even someone like Stuart Armstrong, Scott, I mean, they don't have anyone as good as him. I don't, I don't think Ryan Christie's as good as Stuart Armstrong in that yeah. uh, attacking midfield position. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so and, and listen, Craig Gordon is another example of it, and that's why I'm bringing it up because you, you know Craig Gordon two or three years ago was was absolutely terrific, and then Foster came in, he was even better. But 
this is the difficulty, I think, for, for Celtic and Celtic fans is that they, they were so good two or three years ago that there was, they were, it was always going to get to a stage where they lost X, they replaced them with Y, and Y wasn't as good. Yeah. And Celtic have dropped down a few levels, and Rangers have come up two or three levels. Well, I was going to say. And, and, going, and that's what's uh, happened here. Yeah, and I was going to say, t- no, to flip that, I agree with you, and to flip that on a, the kind of Rangers, uh, the, the Rangers side, I think Celtic. <sighs> I don't know if underestimate is the right word, but I think Celtic fans, a lot of Celtic fans who maybe, well, maybe don't watch every Rangers game, are not quite rightly probably haven't taken any notice of Rangers because they've been winning so easily for the past, you know, the past decade. If if you like, I think they're looking at that Rangers team on Saturday, and probably surprised at just how good they were, just how well drilled. I think they're now looking at guys like Tavernier and Barisic and thinking these guys are proper, proper players. No, Glenn Kamara, no, 50 grand. Oh, it's been made of Kamara coming in outstanding again at the weekend. You compare Glenn Kamara to Olivier and Cham, who was in there and Cham came in for four and a half million. I mean, Cham is probably, no, Glenn Kamara's performance on Saturday is probably everything that Celtic expect for uh, Olivier and Cham um, and, I, and I actually believe in Cham that there's a player in there but for some oh, reason definitely. yeah for some reason it's no coming out and I, I don't see I just don't see a future for Cham at, at Celtic now but you're right I don't I think, think he sees a future for himself no, I think that's part I, of the problem that's the problem yeah and I think there might be one, one or two like that but getting back to your point you're right we're, we're Celtic have maybe through no fault of their own because you say it's so difficult to replace guys like Tierney and Dembele there has been a, a slight downgrade and I think Rangers have gradually got better um, the performance on Saturday I think Conor Goldson summed it up after the game no that was three years in the making it felt like a performance like that where it was so dominant so controlled so composed that's no down to two and a half years of no hard graft and no proper coaching for for Gerard Michael Beale and the, the the coaching staff and I think a lot of Celtic fans who have maybe no again probably quite rightly for the, for the past few years almost dismissed Rangers are now looking at no the last kind of series of old firm games but especially Saturday thinking. No, we need to take this team seriously because I mean I've heard Celtic fans um, or no people associated with Celtic in the last couple of years, even even as Rangers were getting better, talking about how no Rangers player, no there wasn't one Rangers player that would get into that Celtic team. I think you're no you're deluded if you believe that now. Uh, looking at the, looking at those performances on Saturday. Listen, absolutely, Scott. I was uh, listening to Cy Ferry. I almost fell off my chair uh, yesterday on a radio show and he was suggesting that uh, no Rangers midfielder would get into Celtic's midfield three. So he was saying uh-huh. Scott Brown, Callum McGregor um, and, and, and Cham are better than the Rangers three. I mean, I just, I, I think that, that defies logic. I mean, Scott Brown, good player, leadership qualities. In many ways, Rangers could do with a player of a similar type, yeah. but but to say that he's performing currently better than Stephen Davis is, to me, a, a sort of willful yeah. misinterpretation of of well, not perhaps not willful, but a certain misinterpretation yeah. of what's actually happening in front of your eyes. Stephen Davis yeah. has been tremendous since he's got back yeah. in the team. And then you've got Kamara up against in Charm, which I've just discussed. Then you've got Callum McGregor say against Scott Arfield. No, listen, I'm a 
big fan of Callum McGregor. I think he's a no, terrific player, has been for for a good few years now, uh, and it's crucial to Celtic. Um, could easily doesn't like play. it. Doesn't like it up on the Scott and hasn't no. hasn't done well in these games. No, no. I, I also rate him, but yeah, listen. Some of the games I felt sorry for him. He's, he's not played in his, his right position, McGregor. I still mm. think he's a I still think he's a top quality player who could go and oh, play. In, yeah. Who could go and play in England? But you're looking at you no know, him up against Arfield. Just as you say, if you're looking at it on current form. No, Arfield's been been outstanding for Rangers uh, at the start of this season. So, no, I, I think Celtic in general, it's that no so much the the result because obviously they lost in December, but I just think the the manner of that performance for Rangers and how Celtic just couldn't get no couldn't get close to them. Um, I think that could be a wake up call for Celtic. And getting back to something you said earlier on, this isn't me writing off Celtic by any stretch because as I say I think it will be a wake up call they've got good players to come back be stupid to no, to write them off um, because they've bounced back before and went on a long long run I think people are I think people are um, no mistaken to think that Neil Lennon will just lie down and let no, and let this let this happen or let Rangers overtake Celtic they've got a real tough period of games coming up where it's going to be a real test for them but listen they've come through they've come through tests in the past and Rangers have got challenges of their own no, it's a test for Rangers to now go and beat Livingston on Saturday beat Kilmarnock away the following Saturday uh, the following weekend when Celtic having to get a game no Rangers need to concentrate on themselves and that's why post-match on Saturday no, there was this message coming for Gerard the players about staying humble, no getting carried away, no counting their chickens. And I think if Rangers are going to achieve anything this season, then they'll need to stick by that. I think you hit the nail on the head, Scott, when you said this was two or three years in the making. That That's the thing that yeah. really strikes a chord with me. Very, very rarely does an old firm manager get any length of time beyond one yep. season to prove what they can do. But I think we're seeing the benefits of stability, and good coaching and a slow and steady process towards making marginal gains. That's yeah. what Rangers have done. And and, and and they've not really... I was speaking to a, a Belgian journalist who sent me a, a pile of questions for a piece that he's doing on, on Steven Gerrard. And he said, look, what's, how has he evolved the team? And I said, well, evolve is the right word because it's been an evolution, a slow evolution. But the, yeah. the, the, the core idea of Steven Gerrard's managerial spell at Rangers has been aggression and winning the ball high up the pitch and then being fully fit and charged and, and ready to get in about teams. That that to me is the sort of is the game model. It's that aggressive without and without the ball. Yeah. Mentality. And I think he said that himself a few times. But but he's he's been able to achieve that Scott because the core idea has been consistent. So these players know and they've known it over a course of years. And that, that's yeah. how you do get good performance, whether you're a football manager or anything else. And, and that, that, to me, has been the big factor. And I think you look at the squad and you look at the team, more importantly, and you ask yourself, well, how long have these players been here? None of the, the signings are in that team. It's all know. players who know his philosophy, who know what is expected, who have been drilled by him and Michael Beale. 
and and every single one of them looks like they know where they should be, no matter where that ball should be on the pitch. And that only comes from hard, hard, hard graft. Yeah, one hundred percent, hundred percent. And and Johnny, it's why in the summer uh, or even during last season, before it was uh, before it was ended, when people were saying if it's another trophy season for Rangers, no, what do they do with Gerard? Do they give him a, they give him a third year? Uh, Liam Brady, as we know, was only all for a manager ever to get a third year after two trophy seasons, and he only lasted until October, and then he was he was gone. Everything that you've said there is the reason why I think we both said you have to keep Gerard there because you no, know, what is the point in going anywhere else? They've tried different methods, they've tried different managers, whether it was McCoyst, whether it was Kashinia. Mark Warburton totally different again after two and a half years of work can you imagine now no, listen Rangers haven't won anything yet they've not done anything yet and this year Gerard does need to win a trophy because you know, the significance of 10 in a row and you know, just a, a third year without a trophy would be taking it onto, a, onto another level but after all the work that he put in and getting so close, when you see how they dominated the Betfred final, when you see how they went to Celtic Park in December and deservedly won, for for MD that doubted whether Rangers you know, should keep Gerard beyond the end of that, uh, that last season, I think Saturday proved why they were right to, you know, to stick with it. Because to throw you know, that amount of work down the drain and they go and try and start again with a new manager would have just been just been crazy. Um but of course, as I say, the caveat to that is no, he's certainly on the back of Saturday's performance, there's a real expectation there now. There's no reason at all if they can produce performances like that, so controlled, so measured, so dominant, then there's no reason why uh, Rangers shouldn't be winning a trophy, at least one trophy this season. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think in terms of the control, uh, that's one thing. But also, Rangers are a slick footballing side. And you saw that with the second goal. In the build-up, before the ball goes into the box the second time, it's that interchange on the right-hand side. Everyone knows where to go. Everyone knows to move and to pass and to move. And they're moving around the Celtic pieces on the chessboard without actually... They're, you know, they're moving them without moving them, you know, yeah. because their their movement and their quality is what is stretching that Celtic side. And of course, ball goes in, Connor Goldson um, gets on the end of it. Duffy makes a good block, but doesn't get up quickly, and he, he pokes it in. At that point, Scott two 0 is game over. We know that the control that they've already shown manifests yeah. itself once again. And Celtic, despite throwing all but the kitchen sink at it. In terms of bringing on Griffiths and the Jetty, they don't have any answers at that point. I just want to ask you about one other aspect of the game before we move on to Anderlecht. It's a minimal point. It's a minimal point, but there was the moment in the game where Morelos sort of flicks out at Scott Brown. And listen, we're not going to sit here and say that that is a shooting offence or a red card offence. I don't think it is. No. But, but it. Is that the sort of thing that will give Stephen Gerrard privately kittens? Because he'll be saying, you're just giving the referee the opportunity no, to make a decision. Whether that's a yellow or a red, 
or or nothing. Of course, just it is. won't get involved. No, of course, of course, it is. I don't doubt uh, Gerard would have been showing that clip Johnny at half time, um, and would have been aware of it, and must have had a word in Morelos's ear because it was a there was a spell in the first half where watching the game you just thought, oh, oh no, here he goes again. He's just going to go over the. No, he's just going to cross that line again. Um, you're right. No, the flick on Brown. It wasn't a red card offence, but as you say, I mean, why, why do it? Why get involved? Given his, no, given his history, no, given the magnitude of that game and what was at stake, no, why would you take any chances like that? And I think, I think Gerard, the coaching team, would have been worried with it, uh, or worried by it. And I think when he got booked in the second half, I think there was a difference. In him at the start of the second half because I genuinely believe Gerard would have had a word with him um, or somebody would have in the dressing room just to just to rein it in a wee bit. Um, and then when he did when he did get a booking later on in the game uh, for a, a kind of late challenge on on Duffy, yeah, I think he was taken off almost. He was, yeah. Uh, and I think that was no, that was all. I mean, it was different. It was late in the game. It was two 0 There wasn't as much risk involved there. But I think as soon as they got that yellow, it was it was inevitable that, that he was coming off just to avoid any any further problems. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just finally on the on the game, Scott. I mean, do, do you think this makes Rangers favourites now to go and stop ten in a row, or is there still? Do you still have a feeling this is a quite an equal situation that could go either way, depending on how the season I, pans out? I think it's still itchy peachy just now, Johnny. I think that the bookies, I know a couple of bookies have, have put Rangers on as favourites now, but I think it's still pretty level. I mean, as you say, if results go as expected, Celtic would only be a point behind. Um, no, maybe coming to Ibrox in, in January, a point behind, so there, there'd be nothing in it. But what I would say is, you know, Celtic have got a real tough run of oh, yeah. fixtures coming up. I mean, it's difficult to see them taking anything on Thursday night facing Milan, as you would expect. No no crowd behind them at Celtic Park. Off the back of the old firm defeat, still some players out. Um, I don't know, Ibrahimovic coming to, coming to Celtic Park on forum. Difficult to see them getting anything. So that no, that would be two defeats in the spin. And then you need to go to go to Petodre on, on Sunday lunchtime, which as we all know is going to be a, a difficult game. I think Aberdeen are actually playing really well just now. I know they didn't win at the weekend against Dundee United, but they should have. They created enough chances to win, should have had a penalty, so I think Aberdeen are in decent form and will give Celtic a real game. And I think in the next few weeks, Celtic have got Hibs away, Motherwell away. You know, the places that Rangers have already been, tough fixtures in the, the Premiership. And Plus, that, Scott, think, the, the other thing about that is I'm absolutely certain that my uh, my theory on Jamie Murphy and uh, Ross McCrory is going to come good at some point. Well, it's At going some to point, to, one of these players is going to make an impact. I'm really, genuinely really looking forward to seeing McCrory and Ferguson together against uh, Brown and McGregor at the weekend because I think that'll be that'll be fascinating to see how that uh, how that pans out. Um, and if Celtic were to drop anything, and you don't want to get too ahead of yourself, but if Celtic were to drop anything at the weekend, and Rangers were to beat Livy, increase the gap. Going into a weekend where Celtic have no Premiership game, uh, Rangers go to Kilmarnock, which is obviously a tough fixture. No, Rangers will really sense an opportunity um, to open up a gap before 
uh, before it gets out of that uh, Old Firm game in, in January, probably January 2nd. Um, so it's going to be a real test for Celtic. But as I said earlier, no, they're used to tests. You have to say they've passed most of them with flying colours the last few years. And Rangers still need to... Listen, we know now Rangers can beat Celtic. That is without question. No, a, a one-off game... No player, player against player. Rangers can Rangers can cope with that. They can deal with that and go and win, win a game of football. We still don't know whether Rangers can put a run together of ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen wins, beating everybody in the in the league. Um, and over the next few weeks, they're going to need to go and go and prove that. Listen, Levy won't be easy at the weekend. Coming to Ibrox, they'll shut up shop again. Rangers struggled in the last home game against Ross County to break them down. A similar type of game, and then they've got Kilmarnock away eh, on the Sunday on the on the plastic pitch. So, no Rangers fans will do well not to get not to get too carried away, um, but they can certainly feel. No, a real sense, a real sense of optimism coming the next few weeks. Right, go. We'll move on just very briefly to Standard Liège, um, which is obviously taking place on Thursday. Scott, I don't think either of us is an expert on Belgian football, so we won't dwell on it too long. However, they are sitting in fourth place in the Juniper Pro League. They're only one point off the top. They drew 1-1 with the league leaders at the weekend, and uh, Simon Mignolet, the former Liverpool goalkeeper was in the, the press today saying that he felt that they were they were really quite impressive, a, a hard working and, and diligent side and looking at their goals against Tally, it's clear they've only lost seven game, seven goals in nine games so their, their side doesn't lose a lot, doesn't give a lot away but at the same time Scott, they're one of the lowest scorers in, in that league, they're very much, they're just below sort of mid-table as scorers so they're, yeah. they're a defensive side, they're a hard working side Um and I think it's going to be very interesting to see Rangers come up against that and how Gerard will, will, will look to um, try and combat that on Thursday. Listen, Johnny, I think the biggest thing about these games now is, and the, you know, the great thing for Rangers fans getting into them is that they're getting into every game, uh, every game like this, thinking that and believing that they'll take something from it. I don't think standard Liège will, no, uh, I don't think Rangers have any fear about going over there um, and I think the same probably goes for for Lech Poznan and, and Benfica as well Benfica maybe would be a step up for the for the other two but I think Rangers will play, we know they'll play the exact same system uh, or the exact same approach to the game the personnel will probably change depending on the, you know, what happens at the weekend um, but I, no, a bit like going to Villam in the, the qualifier I don't think Rangers worry about going to these places now because as we as we touched on earlier they've just got this system uh, this way of playing every player knows what they knows what they're going to do they've got so much experience now in Europe uh, under Gerard, the amount of qualifiers and group stage games that they've played um, and listen given everything that's going on at Rangers in the last no, the last ten years or so, the, the the supporters have been through. No, what a feeling it must be for them. No, getting into a, a Europa League group stage campaign without any fear of going to these places, and not just that, actually believing that they can go to places like Liège and, and win. I, I think, listen, it will be a difficult game. Any European away game will be tough. I read uh, Thomas Buffel's piece at the weekend with, with Gavin Berry pinpointing the. The midfielder whose name escapes me, who, you know, the kind of danger man who's going to, going to be one of their kind of main threats. So, yeah, it's, uh, 
Bogovic. Yeah, it's, so it'll be a test for Rangers, but uh, no, nothing to fear for them. I think Gerard and the players will be thinking they can go over there and no, not just take something, but actually go and go and win the game before, uh, no, before welcoming Poznan uh, to Ibrox a week later. Yeah, absolutely, Scott. I mean, Benfica is obviously the big name in that group, but yeah. at the same time, they're a side that lost the league last year to a Porto side that. Rangers um, pretty much dominate. More than matched, yeah. More than matched on so, two occasions. So, so there's no no reason to fear them. And to me, Standard Liège and Lech Poznan fall into the category of uh, of a Willem Tway and that they're yep. they're decent opposition, but nothing to fear. So, it'll be very very interesting to see how that goes. I'm going to predict a one 0 win for Rangers away from home. I, I called the old firm game almost right. I said two one. What's your <laughs> prediction, Scott? Uh, I can see Rangers going over there and winning. I'll go for I'll go for two one Rangers on Thursday. Great stuff. Well, let's hope that um, that that uh, comes to bear and that Rangers do well um, for. Obviously, terrific for the Scottish coefficient and terrific for Scottish football to see our teams doing well. So. But uh, at the end of the day, Scott, it's, it's time to call us a day. I know you're going to watch a football match tonight and, and cover a football match, so I'm yep. going to let you get on your way to Pataudry, uh, and I shall uh, go and uh, have a beer and chill out. But uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We can be contacted on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott's at Scott McDermott. And, of course, if you like the podcast, please get onto iTunes or any other podcast platform that you use and give us a five-star review as this helps it, uh, the podcast get to as many listeners as possible. So until next time, thanks for listening. the University of Bedfordshire, where groundbreakers take risks, where future leaders make their mark, where high flyers soar. Get the support and opportunities to achieve more, become more, defy expectations. Find out how a degree at Bedfordshire can change your life. Book now for our open day on October 24th at beds.ac.uk slash defy.